why is Living Single not on any platforms? Because then they'll have to be frank about the fact that Friends is Living Single, but for white people. Back straight up. Yeah, it is. But the whites don't know that, and the people don't want to tell them that. <sighs> Anyways. <laughs> hey, Kristen. <laughs> hey, Bagash. <laughs> um, on a scale of Hunger Game Districts 1 to 13... How you feeling today? Oh. Oh. I'm going to hit up a District 8. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. District 8. I feel it's pretty moderate. It is. But yeah. on, the, on the low end. Exactly. It's Sounds not, like... I'm not doing too great, but I'm not doing as bad as I could be. Yeah. That reminds me of um, my social economic status. Socioeconomic status. Well, socioeconomic status. Whoop. There we go. Oof, today's been a day. <laughs> and today is June 16th. And um, we are talking about... Why don't you read this Ooh, in? yeah, we could do that. Um, so today, we are asking ourselves, do the kids know how to be an ally? We're going to talk about Black Lives Matter, Black Squares versus Black Lives, and how Black Lives Matter is being mobilized in Canada. So we've got five talking points to educate the kids today, and we'll... Move right on forward with those. What is Black Lives Matter? Black Lives Matter was founded in 2013 by three Black women, Alicia, Patrice, and Opal, after the acquittal of George Zimmerman, who shot and killed unarmed Trayvon Martin in 2012. So Black Lives Matter exists to eradicate white supremacy, build local power within the Black community, combat and counter acts of violence against the Black community. So the movement also creates spaces for Black innovation, Black imagination, Black joy, while centering the Black experience to improve Black lives. Nice. Um, and obviously this didn't end, you know, in 2012. We have seen the movement progress since. And unless you are living in the void, <laughs> in the <laughs> matrix, on a different internet, somewhere else... Um, you know, you've probably seen everyone on your timeline posting about it. Hashtag BLM, hashtag Black, Tech Ma- oh, hashtag Black Lives Matter. But probably you also saw recently these black squares that started appearing, mm. uh, like I guess last week or two weeks ago now. Two weeks and ago now. What was that about? What was hashtag Blackout Tuesday? So it actually started with this hashtag, the show must be paused, that was started by music- musicians. Jamila Thomas and Brianna Aguimang. Girl, so sorry. Uh, and they were attempting to hold the music industry accountable in their profiting off of Black culture, labor, and talent. They were asking industry execs to reflect and think about how to, ha- how to help Black communities now. And they're encouraging Black folk to take a break that day. This uh, original post did not involve Black Lives Matter nor the hashtag but they did post resources to Black Lives, Black Lives Matter on their website. So then, where did these squares come from? Well, it's unclear. Um, some celebs started reposting uh, the hashtag, the show must be paused graphic. Um, but like that old camp game of a broken telephone, we started seeing this like Firefest-esque advertising of this black square with literally no information not even the original hashtag, but somehow they started adding the BLM hashtag, which was confusing. 
So why why is this a problem? Like I understand that most people had a good intent. Maybe it was you. Um, like you know, you care about Black Lives. I'm gonna post this in solidarity. But why <laughs> why was this dumb? I'm gonna tell you. <laughs> so I get it. Like m- more than just the music industry needs to be called out for the ways in which. Um, the labor and the work and the culture and the suffering of Black communities are, you know, profited by, you know, the capitalist industry. But taking this image, or, like, literally, like, a lack of an image, it's literally, it's literally nothing. Just taking that um, and seeing the devolution from the show must be paused, which had a very clear and distinct message to just this vague statement not like it wasn't even a statement (laughs) it was was literally the absence of a statement yeah literally nothing just relying on the iconography of this thing that no one understands to say that yes i support black lives really does it does nothing like if you have to like post something to let your black friends know that you're there for them you're not there for them like they should already be knowing that is just say that one more time opinion your black friends should already be knowing <laughs> in a black square to me this isn't it and and these are these are these are like some more like clear reasons why it was not it was not it so the first you lost the statement of accountability um the black square again for what what do you think it's doing because for me all i saw that day was these black squares and that was just confusing and ugly um, so not only are you clogging up, like, my personal feed, um, but also by adding the hashtag BLM or hashtag Black Lives Matter, you're not obscuring all the other posts on social media that actually had resources. So people who are protesting, people who needed to find lawyers, people who, like, you know, like, needed to find GoFundMe's or whatever, like, actual things that could actually help Black communities in need. Yeah. Before this day, the Black Lives Matter hashtag was used to mobilize resources, to mobilize people, to mobilize for protests, because the Black Lives Matter movement has existed since 2012. And these Black squares with the Black Lives Matter hashtag bombarded feeds of people who needed that hashtag in order to live their lives. So it had a lot of ramifications more than I feel like my Black friends need to know that I support them and I'm going to post this Black square. And instead, what you actually did was obscure a movement, obscure all of these people, activists, lawyers, who use that hashtag to spread information. And so you might have heard this term, like, performative or optical allyship. Like, this is that. You're doing something to show your support, to be visible and like, yes, me... As a non-Black, you know, you posting this as showing your support for this movement that you may or may not be directly involved in. But the optics of it actually is harmful. This is the same reason why people are asking you not to post photos of protesters' faces. Because optics can be harmful, can be violent, can put people in even more precarious situations. And this is, like, such a clear example. Also... I personally think that it's fine to like post or like to like be be visible in your allyship. Like if you are donating and you're you're white, I'm gonna say straight up or non-black, you give you got money, all my brown engineering friends, post those receipts, okay? I wanna see those fifty dollar, hundred dollar plus donations, okay? Post that to your feed, like 
you know, to me, that's not virtue, virtue signaling. That is being like, listen, holding myself accountable now, holding all y'all accountable to you to like do this work. Um, I think that's fine. But this kind of optical allyship that was just about optics, this, yeah, this, these optics are not it. Um, also because there were, at the time when I saw this, 26 million black squares have been posted on Instagram, but only 12 million people signed the petition asking for the officers involved in George, George Floyd's murder to be charged. I am now angry. I am now angry because what was the point? If posting the black square didn't lead to action and honestly signing a petition is like... Easier than posting a black square. (laughs) Honestly, it would have been easier. It would have been easier. It would have taken the same amount of time that it took for them to scroll on their feeds, find this thing that they needed to repost, and then repost it. In that same time, they could have signed a petition. I just, if the posting the black square didn't lead to action, what was the point for you? Yeah. Because you want to be seen as an ally. But doing the work of allyship is work. It's uncomfortable. It's saying something. It's using your position. And a black square, it's not a girl. Yeah. There is something to be said for all of us regular Black folks who posted the Black Square. Myself, I posted the Black Square and then in my stories for the rest of the day, posted things about Black people, posted things about how to be an ally, posted things from Black artists so that it was in solidarity today. I'm doing a thing that I never do because I never use the stories function on Instagram, but I'm using the stories function today to shove Black people in your face. You're going to see it all day. That's what you're going to see today in absence of these white voices that we shouldn't be seeing today. But I do want to say that a lot of people, a lot of Black people, at at least in the beginning of the day that I saw, took the broken telephone understanding of Blackout Tuesday and silenced themselves. And it hurt me. Mm-hmm. It hurt me. Um, because the message was literally, like, the show must be paused started as a way for these two women to say... Use today to educate yourself on the struggles that Black people face. And in the face of that, Black people silence themselves. Like, we policed ourselves. That's the opposite of what they wanted. Mm. It wasn't sit down and take a seat. It was white people sit down and take a seat today, not Black people sit down and take a seat today. And it made me sad that in losing the original message, like, the systems that hold us back just continued to oppress us in a new way. Yeah. Uh, and I think, like, I it's understandable. Like, I think we've, you know, this is not a new story. Like, we get caught up in these movements all the time. Like, we don't want to be caught not knowing something, right? So, mm-hmm. think about, like, Coney 2012 and, like, mm-hmm. you know, Fire, like, Firefest, we mentioned it earlier. Like, these things that there's so much hype and you don't want to be left behind, so you're doing it as a reactionary response, as opposed to, like, really thinking critically about the media in which we're consuming. Uh, and also, like, we are all media makers. We all post on social media the things that you say, like, has effects, you know, even if you only have, like, you know, even if you have zero followers, putting that hashtag puts it into the ethos for other people, you know, like, it might not, someone else might not see directly, but again, that 26 million black squares fucked up, like, eight years worth of work. work. Yeah. In one day. Yeah. 
So, Kristen, where do we go from here? <laughs> Ooh, um, where do we go from here? I mean, we've seen some good momentum. I know that for myself as a Black person, as a Black woman, I am tired. I was tired before this. I am even more tired now. But we have seen some good momentum in that people have woken up. Um, they understand that the hashtags that they just throw onto their posts actually serve a purpose and they can't just throw them onto their posts. We've seen an increase in people amplifying Black voices, amplifying melanated voices, which I love to see. Absolutely love to see. Side note, if you're white and you continue to use those hashtags on your posts, know that every time you do, I report you to Instagram. Oh. <laughs> that's honestly, uh, listen, effective tools. Take that home. <laughs> yeah. Unless your post has a Black artist in it, unless your post has Black media in it, if you as a white person or a white passing person are featured in your post and you use the hashtag amplify Black voices amplify melanated voices, and I see it, I do report it. Because you are not Black. You are not melanated. Someone's going to scroll right past and be like, oh, another picture of a white person. You did not amplify a Black voice or a melanated voice through your post. No. That's a thing y'all can take home. <laughs> Education for the kids. Um, <laughs> Uh, a thing that I do want to highlight as well is that there has been a lot of resource sharing. So there's promotion, there's education, there's learning, and I can see it working. There's been a lot of read these books, watch these TED Talks, watch these live talks, watch these other these movies, these documentaries, think about these theories, understand how this works with this, um, which I think is really nice because it means that collectively we are educating the masses so that we can move forward together with the base understanding that I don't know how you don't have it in 2020, but that's okay. We're all going to learn together. Yeah, we're so all, that we're we all can, journeys. <laughs> Exactly. We're all on different journeys and we're trying to get everybody to the same place so that we can move forward together. Um, another side note, understand that just because you are learning it now doesn't mean that other people didn't learn it before you. Okay. If you're sharing in order to promote, I love to see it. If you're sharing in order to educate, I love to see it. But do not share with a savior complex or an educator complex when you are neither of those things. Keep in mind that people have been doing this work for literally generations, and it can be condescending and insulting to assume that just because you've discovered racism in 2020, that other people didn't know that racism existed before now. It is also really condescending for any of your followers who it is their literal lived experience. And you're like, ooh, look at this movie that I just watched that told me all about racism. Girl, they live it every day. Also, while we're here, movies that are not it, <laughs> The Help, <laughs> cut that shit out. <laughs> Please stop watching The Help. Oh my goodness. The Help, 12 Years a Slave, okay? Like, just, I, I... Yeah. Um, another side note, I have a lot of those today. Movies, documentaries, books that don't help the Black Lives Matter movement, don't help non- Blacks understand Black lived experience? That's another topic. Stay tuned to stay in the know. We do want to acknowledge that we are recording this podcast, doing these things from Canada, as we've said before. And there are three Black Lives Matters 
chapters in Canada that you can work with, approach, look at their resources to find out more information, to find out how you can locally help. They're located in Toronto, Waterloo, and Vancouver, although Montreal does have some Black Lives Matter movement-esque things, although they are not officially associated with Black Lives Matter. My last point for the day, a lovely reminder for all of the non-Black kids listening in, your Black friends and your colored friends, don't ask them to do labor for you. Now is not the time for you to text the person you haven't spoken to in five years and be like, girl, what book should I read? Sir, what movie should I watch? Hey, I just read this article, and I think that you can help me understand. Or hey, I just read this theory, and I don't really understand what it's talking about. Google exists. Books exist. Resource lists exist. Watch lists exist, movie lists exist, like specific reading lists for anti-Blackness, for intersectionality, for feminism. They all exist. Do not ask your colored friends to do the labor for you. Do it yourself, especially on the heels of Blackout Tuesday, where the purpose of the show must be paused was for white people to take a day and educate themselves, educate yourself Do not ask us to turn our lived experience into education for you. It's been done already. It already exists. Beautifully said. And yeah, I guess that's it for this episode. So um, I guess now you know how to ally. Maybe. Hopefully. Hopefully. If you want further resources, check our website. Check our social medias. We are willing to do that level of education for you. It would be excellent to do it if you also subscribe to our Patreon. Ooh. Yeah, so next week we're going to go a little further into this and bridge the gap between BLM, Black Lives Matter, and the Defund the Police movement. So stay tuned to stay in the know. Bye, y'all.